Hello, this is Aaron Saft and the MR Running Pains podcast. Today's guest is Tom Sharkey. Tom is a friend that I've I've known for a long time from running. Um, and we talk about our relationship and um but mostly about um Tom is uh working through depression and anxiety. Um, you know, he he recognized that something was a little different in his, his younger years and kind of took him time to, to find that, you know, he needed therapy and needed help. And this is a great conversation to kind of recognize, you know, things that people are going through and may not necessarily recognize as, uh, as depression or anxiety, which, you know, is, is its own mental illness, which, you know, you may need help. And hopefully by listening to this, it may make a little bit of recognition that maybe you should talk to your doctor and have a conversation with those you love. So, um, I thank Tom for, for really, for having this conversation and being open and honest and, um, you know, just kind of bearing his soul to us and, and giving these, uh, these thoughts and, um, all of his advice. So, um, here's my conversation with Tom Sharkey. I am welcoming Tom Sharkey and Tom, I really appreciate you coming on here today. Doing okay. I'm doing pretty good, Aaron. How about yourself? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we were talking beforehand. Uh, we're, yeah. we're both busy as always. Um, yeah. But um, all is good. All is good. So, um, Tom, why don't you just start with uh, with telling us about yourself? Um, you know who you are, where did you come from, and what do you do? Um, well, I'm originally from Delaware. Um, spent a lot of my life on the Eastern Shore. Um, always kind of been into outdoor activities. I was really into the ocean and surfing and water sports, and then. Um, moved to North Carolina. I've been in living here for about 14, 15 years in the mountains for about eight. Um, really got into trail running when I moved to North Carolina and uh, met a lot of great people through it. Um, I currently work, <laughs> I was in the healthcare profession for a long time and uh, felt I needed a break so I returned to my roots in the restaurant business where I work for my fiance at uh, Noble Cider and we live in uh, South Asheville with uh, our two dogs and <laughs> we got a little homestead here <laughs> just trying to enjoy life just like everybody else that's that's awesome um yeah Tom and I actually met um you used to help out with a race organization that originally put on the South Mountains half marathon. Um, yeah. that's, that's go run trail. Go run trails. That's right. Yeah. So we we originally met there, um, and uh, and you know we became uh, closer friends as we started to work together through uh, running to eight and uh, and putting on the Healthy Kid series and gosh we've we've done a, a ton of stuff. So yeah. uh, and and now through Hellbender. So. Um, Tom is a, a tremendous asset to the Run Eight to Eight Foundation. You're also the the vice president. Um, do you want to talk about your your role in the the foundation and kind of some things that you guys are trying to do aside from um, putting on this you know massive event? <laughs> I think that's the the big focus right now is um, obviously with COVID years um, we um, couldn't do the kids racing series anymore and we had to we couldn't do Hellbender and. Uh, yeah, obviously, you were a big part in creating the foundation and NCMTR. And uh, you, when you stepped away, it was kind of like, we're, you know, to pursue other goals. We had to kind of, um, kind of start refocusing and trying to get things back on track. And, you know, the big thing is Hellbender. So we, we've talked a lot about other things, but I think um, we need to really reestablish this big event. Um, we, we've tried to you know, adapt. And obviously one of the big things this year was we were trying to increase uh, female participate, participation in the race and, you know, saw a significant increase. I think last I saw there was 43 entrants that were women and that's up from, I think you've said 19. What was the highest? We had 19 yeah. started. So we've, we've over doubled. Yeah. So it's, it's really exciting in that way. And, um, you know, we're hoping to get back to, um, the kids races eventually but like i said it's kind of um obviously we're all volunteers and most of us work too it's like let's take on so much at a time so we're not going to you know burn ourselves out or you know let's try to do one get one thing right and then we'll try to move on to the next event 
but we're, we're seeing a lot more support from the community with Run 828 and definitely like NCMTR is North Carolina Mountain Trail Runners has grown tremendously. And I think they've got a great leadership board right now with some of the stuff they're doing. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I'm going to put both of the, the websites in the, the show notes if anybody's learning, interested in learning more about the Running 828 Foundation or NCMTR. Um, those two organizations both support Hellbender. Um, and, you know, it's, it's great to have that, that sort of support of, uh, you know, the nonprofit board. Um, you know, I mean, it, you guys have really stressed what you want to focus on and it makes it easy as a race director when, you know, you're said, you said, this is what we want to focus on and this is how we want to do it. It, it makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> um, you know, I just, just <laughs> set forth and with those parameters, you know, I, I can go forward. So, um, you know, we've, we've started some other interesting conversations, which I'm excited to share over the, you know, the course of time. Um, and, you know, it's something we can talk about on the Hellbender podcast at some point, but um, no, I, I really appreciate all you guys have continued to do with the foundation and I'm glad it, it's still going. Um, so thank you. And we're, um, we're very happy to have you back as RD because, uh, you know, it's definitely, you know, I told anyone who was going to be the RD, it's a labor of love and we need the right person in place because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time and it's a lot of headaches probably sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, but yeah, like, like I said, it is a labor of love. Um, you know, it's uh, Hellbender is, it's, it's more than a race to me, you know, uh, as, as we've talked about, it's, you know, it's really is, um, just something that brings Western North Carolina together and beyond, you know, now it's, we're, we're outreaching and, and a lot of folks are getting involved, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, we're seeing people from all over the world coming. So it's, um, you know, it, it certainly means a lot to me to, to be able to, to help put on something like this, um, for sure. And we just, and we just love the community support we get, you know, everyone, whether they're, entering the race local or you know so many people are just like you know we have so many volunteers the aid station set up you know um breaking down the race you know everything we need we just you know we just see these people who love the race even though they're not participating in it and we're, okay. we're lucky to have that yeah yeah and um where is your running at these days mm -hmm. um you know I'm not competing in anything um, right now. I'm, I will be pacing a runner for 30 miles from Colbert's Creek to uh, Curtis Creek. So I'm not getting as many miles in, but I'm working on a lot of vert training, <laughs> so, you know, I, and I, and I like it. It's fun. I, I, I really feel like, you know, if you're going to live in the mountains, let's run uphill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, you know, our, our main topic today, we'll, we'll eventually get to, but, um, I, I like getting a little bit more background on Tom because he has really become part of something that was, um, really just amazing to watch grow. Um, you know, we, we started with, um, a Monday night group run at a Biltmore park and we used to go on the mountains to see, um, and that, um, you know, transferred over to, to Bank Creek. And we, uh, you know, we created specific groups uh, based on how fast people wanted to go and, and how far. Uh, and you guys um, uh, became and, and kind of lovingly took on the name B Group. <laughs> um, can you talk about that experience? Because I just, I love the fact that you guys have now formed these bonds that has transferred over to these weekend adventures. Um, yeah, and I, I do, you know, unfortunately I, I do work weekends now, so I don't get to see many weekend adventures. I do, I do miss them, but that's okay. You know, life is, um, change. So it's kind of, you know, you, you got to kind of, um, adapt and live in the moment. But, um, you know, I only ran once at Beltmore Park and then it switched over to, uh, Ben Creek. And, um, like I said, it was much better when it I feel like when we got there for everybody you know um I was still learning the Ben Creek trails so it was kind of nice to have uh, a group to go along with to um you know get you adapted because I used to say Ben Creek used to be this huge place to me and now after you run it so many times and you get to know the ins and outs and the you know the little unnamed trails it becomes a much smaller place to you you know 
but um, I was fortunate enough, you know, we just started, you know, the big, you know, in, in our, in the big group, it's, we uh, just kind of bonded together and we, you know, a few of us would start reaching out through social media. And we're like, I'm going to run this Saturday. I'm going to go to the Smokies or we're going to go to Mount Mitchell or wherever and, you know, see some new trails and get a new experience. Um, early on, I was not always quite as fit as I thought I was. I realized <laughs> some of those challenges. <laughs> I remember one in particular was like Mount Sterling and Mount Cameron loop and it's like 24 miles and 7,000 plus feet of elevation and you know the, the last climb was really um humbling to me <laughs> <laughs> but you know you, you know you finish and it was a great experience and um you know like I said we you know various people would come with ideas and you know we did we also had groups we did um Blue Ridge Relay together we did an ultra team um sometimes we definitely got a little overzealous in our plans where you know we i remember we did like grand further mountain that year two weeks later we're doing blue ridge relay two weeks later we're doing table rock 50k it's like why would anyone want to do that to themselves <laughs> and that was three of us who did that you know <laughs> so you know i definitely was um feeling the pain by table rock so <laughs> but you forced but, some friends but, yeah and you know we you know, we ended up meeting in other ways too, you know, um, you know, obviously some people in the group have gotten married, um, you know, but the friendships have remained and, you know, like right now, like a couple, well, we got three or four of at least big groupers who are in Hellbender and, you know, three of them are ladies who are training together pretty regular. So it's good that they have that, um, ability to work out with each other and share, you know, when you're getting out in some of those remote places, it's good that you can have company with you to see the trails. And, you know, the one thing I was always happy about was these people became more than my friends. They became definitely like a family to me. And I don't have, you know, I'm from Delaware. There's no one else here from this, you know, except for me and my fiance. So it's kind of nice to have this group of people. Absolutely. That's tremendous. Um, yeah. You've, you've you know, mentioned that you're from Delaware. Um, can you take us back, you know, our, our, our main topic of conversation here is about depression. Um, and can you take us back to, you know, your history with this, um, what would you term it, an affliction or how would you term depression? Um, it's just, you know, I guess um, it is, it's part of who I am is at this point in my life, it, it is like an illness, you know, it's just affects my brain, you know, affects the way I think, affects my mood. It's, it can affect me physically sometimes when I'm like having a, a really rough time. It's, but it's not like I'm physically ill. It's just more like I'm, I'm feeling tired and drained and, you know, just having a little bit more trouble with motivation. Um, I, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you look back you can see it better in your life, you know, like, like I'm 53 years old now, but I, I look back and see, okay, here's a kid that everyone thought was quiet and shy and a little bit emotional, but I'm like, I don't know. He, that was a kid with some problems, but you know, at the time it probably wasn't easy for people to recognize it. You know, you're talking about like late seventies, early eighties, you know, I was succeeding in other areas of my life where I was getting good grades and, um, you know, I, I had jobs. Um, I had a small group of friends, but I was always had trouble making new friends because I was um, quieter. Um, sometimes you call it, I think I had more of an anxiety problem with depression linked to it. I, I feel like I get more um, nervous and agitated. Um, I would notice before like the first day of school every year, I couldn't sleep for a night or two beforehand because I was just the uncertainty, a little bit of fear of change, I guess. Um, I would also notice that, you know, with, if I had to speak in front of crowds, I would feel like overwhelmed to the point where I had all this nervous energy where it almost like I was going to pass out in front of everybody. Like I was very flushed and 
sometimes I would, after I got done doing a presentation, I didn't remember what I said because I was so nervous. It's kind of, and it was definitely as a kid, hard to communicate. Like you don't want to feel like you're different or, you know, you definitely you know there's a stigma sometimes with mental illness where people, they think you're going to, you know, they see people go off the deep end and you're just like, no, I'm just, I have a hard time processing things. My brain kind of, I always say sometimes the thoughts in my head, it's kind of like I'm lying. It's, they're, they're like little like false truth. They're not the truth. You know, it's like, it's telling me I'm not going to um, succeed at something or, you know, I can't do something when I, I'm perfectly capable of trying at least. But it gets to the point where it can be um, almost debilitating or almost like freezes me from trying. But I think like at times the kids also, I would notice I would have like things would build up inside of me and I'd have emotional outbursts, whether it be crying or anger. Um, like I said, I had a hard time meeting new people. I, I could get past it eventually, but it was just like the initial phase was almost like, I would, like I said, I think that freezing up thing, I would just wouldn't be able to talk. And, you know, when you're a kid, it's very awkward. You, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're trying to meet somebody, you're going to get picked on a little bit if you're getting like that. Yeah. And when did you realize it for more than what it was, you know, that more than just being anxiety? Well, I, I think like it was probably in my 20s. Um, you know, one, one thing I will say, like, I always, like I said, I was always active in some ways. Like, I, you know, like I did karate. Um, I played soccer. I was always kind of running somehow involved. Never ran like for cross country or um, track or anything. But, you know, soccer, we do a lot of running, obviously. But I was always much more relaxed after stuff like that. And I could, like, I would speak much more easily to people. Like, oh, you know, the endorphins, you know, releasing a lot of attention after a hard workout. Um, the only problem is you get older and there's other things that can relax you like alcohol and stuff like that. You know, I kind of found my way into that for a little while where, you know, you can, you know, late teens, early twenties, you can go out and have a drink or two, you lose inhibitions, but it's not a good path when you have, um, depression because obviously this is a, you know, alcohol is depressant. It's going to bring your mood down. And after a while, it can be um, a dangerous road to go down if you don't kind of wake up and see this isn't working for me. And I was kind of fortunate enough after I left, I kind of had a long-term relationship that ended badly and I had a lot of anger and um, just really upset. And I didn't know how to control these emotions. And I finally put myself into therapy and I had some counseling and it kind of helped me work through that Unfortunately, I probably stopped too soon and I didn't, um, I didn't probably learn, I'm trying to, I'm sorry, um, coping mechanisms, I guess, or, or way strategies to deal with these issues. You know, I, I kind of talked it all out and it was great. And, you know, they, they had, they probably did give me some ideas and I just didn't follow through at that age because I was feeling better. And, you know, sometimes when you're a certain age and you feel better, you're like, I'm good now. But it was kind of not the truth. It was like, this is, it would come back over and over again. You know, you know, when I was getting a lot of stress from a lot of different angles, I would notice that, okay, I would go down this road where I would, once again, I would see that emotion come out once in a while. And it wasn't a healthy expression of emotion, I'll say, you know, it was more like all at once. I mean, I'd be in tears or I would just lose my temper. And, you know, you don't want to it's not a healthy way to live. It's not a healthy way to form relationships. It's not, you know, it's not a healthy way to communicate. And, and, and sometimes I, I don't see the anger as much, but I do see like the emotion. I can get like, you know, I cry and I you know I, I've been on the phone with you before in tears, you know, you know, you were just checking in on me and I'm like, I'm okay. It's just, this is, this happens to me sometimes. And it's a, it's a hard thing to put into words to others, but I guess that's kind of how I, I noticed it, you know, this is something bigger. Um, I will say one of the, 
when I started to realize it was more of an anxiety issue, it was actually, um, you know, I was, I was spread pretty thin and I had a, my first ultra, it was a 50 K and I wasn't sleeping the week of the race. And I got to the starting line. I got to the packet pickup and I walked away because I had totally basically psyched myself out. My brain was saying, you can't do this. You haven't slept. You're going to get hurt. These are, I remember these things in my mind and I was frozen at that thing. And I was like, and I walked away and, you know, you look back, you're like, you could have just tried. You went out there, you don't finish, who cares? But at that moment, it was like a paralyzed. It was like, I was almost paralyzed a little bit. And I felt the only thing I could do was walk away because I wasn't able to like turn off those, uh, turn off my brain basically and those thought, that thought process that was going on. So, like I said, it's, it's kind of been a lifelong learning process for me. So, and so you, when you stepped away from therapy, you felt better for a while, but you said it, you know, it always kind of came back. Did you ever in that time period seek therapy again to try to work through things or learn some strategies and coping? Um, I read books. Um, you know, I would journal. Um, I didn't seek therapy again until really last year when I had it available. I was working in healthcare and it was available to my job. And I was able to get some counseling again during COVID and everything because I really needed it. Um, I was really kind of feeling that anxiety and um, stress. And I was not, like I said, one of the biggest key things I noticed is I, I don't sleep. Like, uh, it'll start just one or two bad nights. And then it becomes like five or six nights a week, I'm sleeping like three hours. And then trying to function like a normal person. Like, I, I don't, I grew up where you're like, you go to work. Yeah, you don't feel good, get to work. You know, instead of like saying, I need to take care of myself first. So I'm actually, you know, I was just at the doctor recently and I'm going to, um, I think it's time to start up again a little bit. It's been a year or so and I feel like I need to be more consistent with this kind of stuff. So I'm waiting to speak to some people, you know, get a referral through and start speaking again because I, I really do feel like counseling is one of the most beneficial things we can do. We need to talk to people. We need to like try to get these feelings out to the world and hopefully we can get a better understanding of how to deal with it and where it's coming from, you know? Yeah. No, I, I can't imagine, but, um, so therapy is probably the most effective so far. Um, what has running meant to you? How has running helped you or not helped you? <laughs> it, it, it's been a great help. Uh, you know, I, I'm always, I, I'm not a person who sits still well, you know, like some people say, I can't get out of bed when they're depressed or something like that. I'm like the opposite. I, I get like nervous energy. I, I move a lot and I need to work some of it through. So um, running or some kind of physical activity has always been a big part of my life. You know, like I said, I used to surf a lot. Um, and, but I still ran. Um, I think it, a big change happened when I moved to North Carolina and I was running a lot of roads and, the problem with nothing against running roads, but um, I can be more in my head when I run roads. I can think about my day. I can, you know, my problems can revolve around in my head. You know, trail running, I became more in the moment. You know, you have to kind of be aware and alert, especially when you're on technical stuff or you're, you're going to hurt, get hurt, you know. And just the, the scenery, the quiet was such a benefit to me, you know. Like I said, if anything, I could turn my brain off or, 45 minutes, two hours, whatever you're out there for, you know, it was just a nice change. And once again, I will say um, the trail running community has been one of the most wonderful accepting communities I've been into. I mean, there's, there's very little ego. Uh, and I'll say this about most of the group running groups in Western North Carolina, wherever I've shown up and no one's known me, someone has showed, started talking to me while I've been running. At least for part of it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but they've, they've introduced themselves. They've, they've asked me about myself. So it's been, it's nice when you're welcomed like that. You know, I, I don't know how it works everywhere else because I didn't do a lot of running groups everywhere else. But I will say like, we're very blessed in Asheville and I know Black Mountain and other places. They have just wonderful people. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, 
and then I mean, since that first 50k, obviously you've <laughs> you've completed a ton more. Does that help you with that anxiety ever? Do you feel a little bit more confident when you sign up for an event, or do you still have those anxieties and and self doubt? It, it's not as intense. I mean, when, <laughs> Hellbender was a different story. <laughs> <You know? laughs> My anxiety got pretty strong, but there was also a, you know, a, a pandemic coming. So right. <laughs> I was kind of working in healthcare with a pandemic. And then, you know, when that month of that last month come, leading up to help, I was really starting to feel like a lot of like anxiety and I was definitely not sleeping well. And I was debating on whether to drop and that decision was made for me, but I was, I was like, like, just show up for the start line and get one A station at a time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to so see what happens. And for those that don't know, Tom was signed up in 2020 um, when, you know, COVID hit and we were from one of the first races that had to kind of make the decision, are we going to host or not host? Um, so that's, that's what Tom's referring to here. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> anybody has anxiety for, for Hellbender, you know, especially if it's their first hundred. Um, yeah, it's, that's a, it's, it's obviously a, a tough one, no matter what, I mean, you know, we all have anxieties lining up, but, um, you know, I, I imagine that when you start having these, even if they're small thoughts, they just start chipping away at your, your confidence and your, your mental capacity to kind of even execute a plan. Um, it's, it's almost like a cycle that I get into where I try to break out of it, but it kind of like, you know, it's, um, it's like one of the things where you you stop sleeping as well you're up like thinking you know and then you're still going out there and trying to live your normal life but you start to feel like you're sliding down you know you're like okay it's getting a little worse each time i go around this little cycle and it's hard to break out of it sometimes you know like i said i do i have tried to be much more open and one of the reasons like i said i'm here today is because i'm trying to like gain ownership over this illness a little bit but i'm also trying to say i'm not an expert at all but i can tell people what has helped me and what i've been through and maybe you know don't be uncomfortable with who you are because of this yeah this is just an illness it just doesn't affect your body it affects your brain more yeah well it's you know it's i i'm are you familiar with Corey reese he's um, never okay uh cory he's a he's a great um author um he wrote for uh ultra running magazine for a long time and he does all of these zany um runs you know like i'm gonna hit all the quick stops from here to kalamazoo <laughs> wherever you know he just he's he's um he's really creative and, and hysterical um but he has recently um found out that he is suffering from depression this is a man that's you know uh, midlife right you know probably I, I don't know how old Corey is i imagine he's in maybe his 40s um, but, um, you know, he's wrote a book about it because he just realized he just was, he wasn't himself. He wasn't acting like himself. He wasn't doing things that were, you know, normal for him because, you know, he, he was suffering from depression, which he didn't recognize at first. He's a, a, a social worker, right? So he sees all these other people, right. But he didn't recognize it himself, um, but he, you know, as I said, he wrote a whole book about this and he's been, you know, kind of talking on some podcasts about depression and what he's gone through and, you know, having, um, you know, having someone around him that can kind of, you know, like his, his wife, in other words. Um, uh, so that said, um, you know, we talked about your running friends, how has your, your fiance, how has she been kind of, um, like a support network for you? Um, she, yeah, she's, she's not always had it easy. <laughs> I'll say that with, but she's, um, she's good. She can, she can see it when I don't see it a lot of times, like starting on me, like she'll see changes in my mood or my, she's like, you're all up in your head. What's going on, Tom? Talk to me. We, 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 you know, why get out of your head. You need to like, get it out of you. Let's, let's have a talk for a second and try to work through what's going on with you right now. Um, she's also been, you know, she's a person I, I, I've tried to be more open with her and say, you know, like this happened to me today. Can I talk to you about it? You know, cause maybe I felt like I had like an emotional reaction to it. And I'm like, 
I'm, sometimes I just need to talk through that and decompress, you know, like, okay, I got upset. This is what I said. You know, I'm trying to, in a way, say, am I responding appropriately when, because I, I knew in the past I didn't. You know, if I became angry and I made a comment, I just want to make sure, like, if I, if I step through the line, I just need to know, like, should I make amends with somebody? And sometimes I need a little help with that, you know, versus, no, you're fine. You, you have a right to, like, say something like that. It, you know, unfortunately, this is a learning process for me, mm. you know, even at a later stage in life, you know, it's kind of like, hey, I'm still trying to, you know, make sure, like, I'm treating people with respect and I'm also, like, drawing appropriate boundaries and making sure people are treating me with respect. Because, you know, I was always, I guess I tell people people pleaser and, you know, in healthcare, like, you know, he worked, you're talking about a gentleman was a social worker. I worked in physical therapy. I was a physical therapist assistant, but you give a lot of yourself to people. You deal with pe other people's problems. And, you know, a lot of times in healthcare, you don't focus on yourself and making sure you're healthy, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally. And we, we just have to be better at that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you have to have that balance in life. And that's a big part of who I become is like, even with my running, a lot of times I tell people, I have to be careful. I don't get caught up in all these adventures. I, I don't have to be on every time some people go somewhere because I have responsibilities at home and I have responsibilities at my job. And I also have to make sure like I'm taking time to rest and relax. When you talked about, um, you know, getting anxious when you were younger, you know, your, your first day of school or, um, you know, uh, uh, giving a speech, did you, did you think that was a, a normal reaction? Or did you feel that that was, you know, you were having emotions that were um, not typical? I, I felt like I wasn't typical. Definitely. I felt like I was always felt like something was going to change magically somehow <laughs> eventually in my life where something would like instantaneously and I would be like able to handle this stuff more like. I mean, I, like I said, I, I know everybody gets nervous about things, but it was just such a like a higher like I intensity of that you know i say some people might have been like a three or four and i'm like an eight or nine in the same situation for no other reason than just how my brain works mm -hmm. but no i didn't feel like i was normal but i didn't also know how to express that like i needed some kind of help sure yeah and once again if you're kind of getting good grades and you're functioning i'm doing sports participating in sports and working a job and Sometimes people don't think, oh, they're just shy and quiet. They'll get, you know, they'll grow out of it. Right. So, um, I mean, you know, what are some things that folks can, can, you know, see as potential signs that they're, you know, they're, they're going into depression. Um, you know, if, if they're not aware that, you know, they, maybe they, they have depression, what are some things that they can kind of, um, see in themselves or, um, or perhaps a resource that can help them kind of sort through things. Do you have anything? I mean, I, I, I think a lot of it is like these changes start to happen over time. Um, you know, I, I can read off, like I pulled off some symptoms of depression off the Mayo Clinic website. And a lot of them, I've seen several websites and they're simple, but you know, it's, it's, it's just almost like, you know, Maybe you're feeling sad, uh, more emotional. You can you more prone to outbursts over little things. You know, they always say like you can be have trouble getting motivated, or you can be I can't sit still. I'm highly agitated. Some people don't sleep, while others are sleeping too much. But I think if you start to see changes in your normal life, your happiness over time, and it's not getting better. Like if you're, you know, we all have bad days or bad week, but after a couple of weeks, if you're kind of noticing, maybe you're not getting out there and running or you're not, you know, whatever your, your fun is, you know, whether it be swimming, running, climbing, um, art, kayaking, hanging out with your dogs. I think these, these kind of changes happen to people and we don't always see it because it starts slow. But if we're not rebounding, if we're not looking like our normal selves to others, you know, I think that's a great way, you know, hopefully you have supportive people around you that will say, are you okay? 
you may say, yes, I'm fine, but I, I, I think we need to, one of the first things, if you don't have someone at home you trust, I, I do feel like you need to talk to um, a medical professional. Like, I, I feel like your doctor is very important and you need to have like a medical professional you believe in and trust. Um, Cause you can't do it by yourself. I mean, I'm sure there's outliers, but I, I can't do it by myself. Mm. I need a doctor. I need Cindy. My fiance, I need Cindy. I need um, some friends. And, and there are a couple of friends that I'm much, obviously we all have people where we open up to easier than others, you know, and they, you know, the people I'm probably comfortable once again, having that cry session in front of, you know, like life is hard. Just listen to me. <laughs> I know you may not be able to do anything to help this, but you, you you know, just being there for me and, and hearing what I have to say is, is, is huge. Absolutely. Would you say like the, like your family doc, is that a good place to start if you're, you know, having these, these tendencies and these, you know, emotions? Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's definitely um, who I start with. And I mean, I, I have had different doctors involved, you know, like I, I look for, you know, and I've looked for a doctor who I feel like, communicates well with me and listens to me because you know i always tell people growing up i was like i never knew what a good doctor was until i had one because most of the time i just went there and they gave me a prescription i went home didn't see him again but you know as an adult when i found a doctor who actually was involved in my life and cared i said okay this is a good healthcare professional they're listening to me you know they're, they're, they're spending time with me and they're not just like in and out of the room and you know I feel like as far as with mental health, I think it's important that you trust these people that you're dealing with, number one, that they're educating you and that you're comfortable asking questions and or saying, hey, this isn't working for me. What else can we do? Because sometimes like you'll just like, here, take this prescription. I don't want to take medications, you know, or I would prefer not to. Can we go another way? I hopefully they would offer, you know, they'd be willing to adapt and try different things with you. Or if they are going to say, I really want you to try this, they're going to give you a good reason why. You know, they're going to they're going to make you understand why this may benefit you. Because I think a lot of people are resistant to taking medications. You know, we don't trust the pharmacy companies. They're worried about how these medications can affect us physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah, we're going to talk about the how medications have you know come in to your life and what uh, what differences they've made. Um, but, um, you know, we, we also talked about, um, how, you know, you and I, I just kind of check in on you. Like, you know, if, if, if we're at a meeting and, you know, I, I notice Tom's not the normal Tom, <laughs> I may <laughs> on the side, you know, just send you a text or, you know, say like, Hey man, what's going on? Are you okay? Um, if we're seeing those things in, in, in folks, is that the best thing to do? Um, is there more we can do? Um, and I know everybody's going to be different. I know that, you know, every situation is different and everybody has a different comfort level, but is that, you know, should we just, you know, make sure we're there for that person and just check in with yeah. them? I think that's a great way to start. You know, um, it depends on your comfort level with that person, but sometimes, you know, it feels good just when someone goes, Hey, you doing okay. You just don't seem like yourself. And he, you know, I might be like, yeah, I'm fine, even though I'm mine. <laughs> it feel, it's still nice to know that someone cares about you because it does feel, it feels good. You know, I, I wish I'd taken more people up at times, like saying, okay, let's go for that run and talk. Because running and talking about your issues mix very well together because you're more often more relaxed. And I was, I read in a book somewhere where they say, since we're not having eye contact with each other, you tend to talk more freely which kind of makes sense in a way, you know, especially when it's something hard to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great place to start is just like, you know, reaching out saying, you're doing okay. If you're really worried about somebody, I might say, talk to their family or their significant other, just say, Hey, I'm just worried about them. You know, um, is anyone, are they doing all right? You know, cause they just haven't been like themselves lately. If, if, you know, once again, that's the person's comfort level. Um, if you're really worried that they might do self-harm or something, actually, you know, obviously contact some kind of emergency services or something saying, I'm worried about my friend. They maybe said something like they might do harm to themselves. Can somebody please check in on them? You know, yeah. but, you know, like I said, um, 
but I think the basics are just like, what's going on, man? You doing okay? I'm worried about you. And I've had people do that to me on, you know, multiple occasions. And, you know, sometimes I open up, sometimes I'm like, I'm dealing with it. Maybe I'll just talk to you at a later time because it's not good for me right now. You know, I'm just, I need to process through some of what I'm thinking about and feeling because it's hard to explain to people sometimes. You know, you have all this stuff in your brain and you're you're trying to make sense of it. And if you're not making sense of it, how someone else going to understand it, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you learned some, um, some new strategies um, along the way, you know, have your therapists and, and doctors try to help you with some strategies and, and things you can use? Um, yeah, um, I, I, I do like, um, one of them is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's called mm-hmm. where you try to teach yourself kind of how to think about things differently or respond differently to situations. So sometimes I, I, I do, take my time to process things before I respond I'll often be in my kind of thinking to myself like is this something worth being upset over you know or are you just having a bad day um how what's the best way you know what you know sometimes it's like why are you so upset it's just a comment somebody made you're taking it too personally they didn't mean anything by it but I have to take that time to think through these thoughts you know I, I wish I was a little better at compart- compartmentalizing like some people talk about, but it, that's a work in progress. You know, <laughs> I don't let things go as well as other people. And, I, I, you know, it, it's a work. It, it takes time. Um, I, I think journaling helps. Um, therapists have recommended books to me. Um, I, I did read one book called Running is My Therapy by Scott Douglas, and I thought it was really a good book for me. Um it just talks about how, how to deal, you know, how to deal with stress and anxiety and how it can affect us, you know, even athletes and as people, you know, that was um, therapy by Scott Douglas. Okay. So I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you. Very good. Um, well, you had also, you know, we talked about, um, uh, you had mentioned medication, um, what's been your experience with, uh, medication and can you, you mind sharing that and how it's affected, um, you know, both your depression and anxiety and your running? Um, yes, I, I've taken mainly two different kinds of medication. One was, uh, Zoloft, basically sertraline. Um, it was a pretty low dose. I didn't notice it having much effect on me. I, I'm very, I've tried to avoid taking medications um the one that seemed to have a better effect on me was antipressant which more had an anti-anxiety in it um called effexor um i took it for about three or four years and i I did feel it kind of evened out things a little bit for me um they, they they can be challenging when you start taking them because you, you can feel a difference in your body. Like I almost talk to people, like I would feel like warm pins and needles sensation sometimes, um, a little cloudiness in my head as, as you're getting used to them. And you're often like told like a regime, you know, you start taking it like a smaller dose to start. And then you increase the dose over time just so your body can accommodate to it. The same thing when you're kind of coming off of them, you often just can't go cold you know just stop you have to kind of wean off of it or it's gonna have, might have too much of an effect on you um but like i said that that one seemed to have a good effect um i do one thing want to say is we should research these medications and you should talk to your doctor about who you are a little bit because they do have side effects that affect everybody other than just like some of the typical ones like they were like oh it might increase your blood pressure um you know, unfortunately, what they're trying to help with the anxiety and stuff like that, they can actually push you the other way and increase your anxiety. Or like one said, there's no one, one size fits all cure for everybody. But one thing I did not know about was 
it can affect your ability to regulate body temperature in some people. And I had that problem where I tended to sweat incredibly more and I was overheating. And it was kind of, it, it, it's a rough place to be sometimes when you're doing like 40 miles with a group of friends and you're 20 miles in and there's no other way out but to finish. Your body's kind of shutting down on you because, you know, my stomach's turning, my legs are getting weak. I feel like I just need to stop and rest, you know. Um, and like I said, I, I did kind of learn about through that book, Running is My Therapy, but I also kind of researched it on the internet a little bit too. Um, I, I, one of the days I kind of, uh, I noticed the most was, was we were all doing our low as a group and I, I wasn't able to finish, but it wasn't a hot or humid day. Temperature was cool. And I was not moving fast and I was going up pilot mountain and everything started to shut down on me again for no reason. I was sweating profusely and it was, I was like, something is just not right. And I just realized that. I need to look more into it. And when I was just happened to be reading the book in a similar time, and I started to explain that this is a side effect on some people. And, and it was a side effect that was affecting me because it happened other times in my life where I was like, I, I ran this far, I ran farther and not had issues. Why today? But, it, you know, I guess being able to do some of this stuff was important to me. I'd been on the medication a few years and I was feeling much better. So once again, I, my doctor had communicated with me that it was okay to try to not take the medicine anymore too. Like I didn't just say, I'm going to stop taking it on my own. I did. They just kind of said, Oh, you're going to stop taking it. You need to wean off it properly. And I did, that was back in a uh, 2000, well, 2019. So maybe not the best time to quit taking anti-anxiety when <laughs> once again, we get a pandemic, <laughs> but, you know, you know, that's what life is. So it's, I've tried to myself at this time, maintain not taking medications, but I, once again, I am going back and I have used counseling and I'm going back into some counseling to kind of work through these problems. Um, I, I do benefit from like CBD oil and stuff like that to help with sleep and relaxation a little bit. So once again, that's not for everybody either. So that's one of the things. And I, my doctors do know that. I take that stuff yeah. to help you, with these symptoms. Do you use meditation at all? I'm not using anything right now. I'm just kind of trying to work through it through. Um, I'm sorry. It was meditation. Oh, meditation. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I do try meditation. I mean, they do have that. Um, what's the name of the app? They have, I don't know if you're familiar with it. The, uh, um, uh, um, there's calm and then there's um the one i use is headspace. like what is it it's called headspace headspace yes yeah, yeah that's one i use <laughs> yeah they have a netflix show series on it too which yeah. i've used um I, I do breathing techniques um you can you know i usually look at youtube and stuff like that you can find some good stuff for just you know relaxation um yeah meditation journaling breathing exercises and still just like pushing, you know, sometimes pushing myself out, you know, getting up and saying, all right, I need to get on the trails or, you know, the one thing I, I definitely haven't been involved in, which I miss is the group runs, because sometimes even if you're not talking to people, just being around people feels good. Yes, absolutely. And something, you know, interesting that I think people can take something from too. Um, we were just talking about this. Um, off air is, uh, you know, you and I, we had a, a coaching relationship for quite some time and, you know, we always talked about, um, the, you know, work life running balance. And, you know, I, am a big proponent of communicating with my athletes, making sure they're okay. Do you want to touch on that when, you know, what you were saying to me, cause that that's, that's vital for any relationship, not just a coach athlete relationship, but, yeah. Um, first of all, Aaron was a great coach. Um, I, I, I put him in some difficult situations sometimes when I over, I signed up for too many races. I think one year I'd done like Mount, the Mitchell Challenge, then uh, Yamacraw, and then uh, Quest were all on my schedule. So, 
they, that was a difficult probably idea to come up with a training regime for me because they're very different races. <laughs> <laughs> I like challenge. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I think there is a point where I, a few things like I, I, I never had that running background, you know, I, you know, you give me an assignment to do, I'm going to do it. I, I, I remember one of the first things I was like, what, what's a fart lick? What do you mean by tempo around? What do you mean by strides? I, I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, once again, you start to see strength and improvement, but sometimes I didn't see the fact that I was thinking, oh, I'm tired and sore all the time. That's just normal. You know, that's how I should feel. Um, but once again, I, I started to, re I didn't realize it now, but looking back, I realized I was overtraining. You know, I have this want to please people. So you give me an assignment, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to say, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I'm tired afterwards, but that's normal. You know, I'm good. What's next? What's for next week? You know, <laughs> um, but the sea started to affect my life once again, you know, cause you, you know, your athletes are working, your athletes are training, your athletes have families and responsibilities at home. I would see my sleep was getting affected. I, I could see like some of the moodiness kicking in. And I, I think it's important, like Aaron was saying, that you have to communicate when you're feeling like this. Because sometimes you need that break week. It's not going to affect your conditioning that much if you have a down week or you just take a week off from running. Um, I, I, I think that balance is very important in my life right now. Like I said, my running has changed a lot. I, I feel like but I'm in a good place because I'm physically healthy. Um, right now I'm resting pretty well. And I have a, I'm dealing with stressful situations better. But I know like if I'm pushing myself too hard or I'm you know, even with some of the other stuff I'm doing with like the foundation and stuff, I try to be careful how many tasks I'll take on at once or how many response, extra responsibilities I add into my life because I know I need that balance. I know like that's other stuff that can, you know, overstress me and push me to the edge. So I do apologize, sir. I should have been communicating with you during <laughs> the process that I needed, I need to change something because right now I'm, I'm feeling kind of beat up, but Hey, that's just a learning point, you know. Even now, like I, I recognize, like, all right, I'm, I want to run today, but my body feels terrible. We can do something else. We can stretch. You can go take the dog for a walk, or you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, find something else. You know, meditate, breathe. Yeah, yeah. I usually go play disc golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disc golf's a great one too. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no and i appreciate you you sharing that story too because that's you know it's like i said it's not just with your your coach you know athletes it's you know in life you know being open and communicative to you know not only your struggles and your needs but you know being able to to be vulnerable um and and you know to have this conversation uh, this is amazing you know tom that you've, you've shared all this and i appreciate your your openness and honestness about this topic um you know, if, if we're on kind of some um, final thoughts, um, can you kind of give us just some, maybe some imparting advice um, to someone who perhaps they, they are going through depression or they believe that they, they might have depression or anxiety? Um, can you just give them a, a few words? Um, it's, you're a normal person. <laughs> Number mm -hmm. one, you know, you, you have a different kind of illness. Um, it's not one everybody understands, but I think through recent times, I think, you know, you've seen athletes taking like breaks from their sports. It, I can't remember the tennis player's name. She's like, I'm taking a couple tournaments off because I have to deal with my mental health. So I think it's becoming um, normalized in society a little bit. Like we have to um, not just look after our physical being, but our mental being. Um, you need to have people. Um, you need to talk to your doctor. You need to have some family and friends around you and they may not understand, but talk to them. You know, if you're, if you're having problems, you need to communicate. Um, find those things you love doing and just try to make time for them. Um, but 
appreciate the fact that it's okay to rest too if you need that. You know, if you're just having a bad day and you need to just sit at home and zone out for a while, you give yourself permission for that too. It's okay. That's something I'm learning too. Is just like okay, we can sit there and watch a couple episodes, some TV show, <laughs> and not worry about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think I said something to you on a phone call earlier, and it's like it it, it takes work. I have to put this work in every day. I have to kind of be a little cognizant of how I'm feeling because once again, it, it sneaks up on me a lot of times, and I don't always realize I'm kind of getting more depressed or more anxious until I'm kind of far down the road. And, you know, the farther down that road you get, the harder it is to kind of get yourself back to your normal again. But, um, you know, just, there's a lot of different treatments available. There's different kinds of therapies. And once again, I, I think one of the things I recognize most is, uh, is talking to people with counseling, I think it has been the most beneficial one to me. Um, and once again, I, I appreciate, all my friends out there on my trail running people who have um, supported me through my downtimes in life. And like, you know, I'm very happy that this community exists in this area because it's been wonderful. Okay. And I think that's about it. All I have to say for it. <laughs> <laughs> it needs everybody. <laughs> well, I'm you. not an expert. I'm just someone who deals with depression. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Well, and we appreciate you sharing your story, Tom. Um, you know, I, I hopefully somebody hears it and they say, you know, I, I've been feeling some of this, perhaps I should seek help. So um, I, I thank you for that. Thank you, Tom. And thank you for having me on Aaron. I appreciate it. You know, and thanks for um, the communication beforehand too. It's very helpful and making me more comfortable speaking of this. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. So Tom uh, asked me after we finished recording to please share his email. And so if you have questions for Tom or want to reach out to Tom or just, you know, um, kind of talk through some things, I will put Tom's email in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, and thank you again, Tom. Uh, I was really touched by the conversation. Um, you know, I, I, I felt some emotions coming up myself just because, you know, it's, I really, uh, I really, I mean, I love Tom. He's a great guy and, you know, he does a lot for, for our community. Um, you know, he's, he's, I consider himself uh, a good friend. So thank you so much, Tom, for, for that, you know, that conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, things going on here, um, this Sunday, um, which is March 13th, daylight savings time. I am heading out for my, uh, run um, of SCAR, the Smoky Challenge Adventure Run, which is 70-ish miles through uh, the Smoky Mountain National uh, Park. It's uh, it's all on the Appalachian Trail, starts at Fontana Dam and finishes at Davenport Gap. Um, so uh, not going for any kind of FKT or anything. This, again, is just part of the Brute Challenge. Um so uh, my next podcast, I'm going to talk about my experience, what goes on, what happens, uh, how things go. Um, you know, um, and I mean, you know, I, I definitely have some apprehensions. I'm, I'm going to do this solo, um, you know, and, and just kind of work through this and just try to uh, try to do my best to, to finish this. I only have one point that I can, you know, truly get resupply, and that's at... Um, Newfound Gap, which is 40 miles in, I've already completed 12,000 feet of gain. So um, you know, it's, it's a, a, a really big undertaking. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to do all my preparations I can this week. Um, really, you know, dialing out my gear. The temperature is going to be a big swing. You know, we're talking, um, you know, low to of 20 and a high of 50. So a 30 degree temperature swing. So. Just going to have a ton of gear with me, um, using a different pack than what I've been training with just because I feel like I need a larger capacity, um, after, you know, kind of training and stuffing my, uh, my raid light with stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to end up going back to my, my Solomon, my advanced skin 12, uh, just because, um, like I said, I just need that extra capacity. Um, so lots of stuff going on there. Um, I'm excited to share that adventure. Um, I got the, uh, the new GoPro batteries that are supposed to do better in the cold and give longer life. So, uh, you know, hopefully those arrive before my run and, uh, I'll be making a video of it, you know, just kind of, uh, chronicling everything that goes on. 
uh, giving everybody an insight into uh, this this adventure run. Uh, it's, it should be a, a pretty neat adventure. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I'll talk about it on the next podcast. And um, definitely I'll put out that YouTube video and share that on my socials. So you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's just Aaron Saft. All of my channels and social medias are in uh, show notes. And as always, guys, I certainly I appreciate your support and everything that uh, this podcast is. So thank you all. And I can't wait to, to talk to you guys next time. So until then, keep running, my friends.